Hi, I'm Jennifer Ackerman Haywood, and you're listening to the Craft Sanity Podcast. This show is all about art, craft, and creativity, and I produce it weekly in the hope that it will help all of us live long and crafty lives. Throw some glitter in the air. It's time to get your craft on. Hi, I'm Jennifer Ackerman Haywood. Welcome to the Craft Sanity Podcast. Ever wonder what it's like to live the ultimate crafty life? We are about to find out from one of the craftiest crafters around. This week we're going to sample Kathy Cannamarillo's glittery world. She's a crafty chica and she's crafting everywhere these days. This 41-year-old mother writes a nationally syndicated craft column for the Arizona Republic, designs and sells Latino artwork from her home studio, and just came out with a new book called Crafty Chica's Art de la Soul, Glittery Ideas to Liven Up Your Life. Kathy is one busy chica. She has a craft TV show in the works and big crafty plans for a creativity cruise. In this show, Kathy will take us behind the scenes of her crafty life. Be sure to visit CraftSanity.com after the show. There you'll find links to the Crafty Chica's website and instructions for Kathy's original embellished bottle cap magnet project. Okay, so let's chat with Kathy. Well, I, I want to start off just by, um, you know, I know a lot, I feel like I know a lot about you because I've, you know, I've, I've followed your podcast and your website, so, oh, cool. um, and I have had a chance to go through your, your awesome book, so oh, we'll... Yeah, we'll talk about that. But before we um, we talk about your book and some of the other projects you have going, I think it'd be kind of cool to just kind of let listeners know um, if there's any people out there that have been living under a rock and don't have never heard of you. Um, <laughs> I, mean, I think a lot of people have heard of you, but um, for those who haven't, you know, I think it'd be kind of cool to to give you a chance to tell your story of how you kind of got to the point you're at right now. And you live in Phoenix, Arizona, right? Right. Okay. Uh-huh. Okay. And how how old are you? I am 41. And, um, and I understand you're married with two kids. Okay. Uh-huh. And you're, you're... a musician and an artist. And what kind of music does he do? He does Latin-style reggae. Did he write your theme song for you? Yes, he did. He wrote the theme song for me. Now, that, was that like a birthday present? I think I heard on your podcast that it... It was just kind of... Uh, I have these chihuahuas. I hope they don't yap during the interview. But... Um, they, he he did. I bugging him about it, and then he just kind of did it as a surprise for me. And it was he did one version, and then I was like, "Can you do it again?" <laughs> and then I thought I would not get another one. And then he was nice enough to just you know like go in and do it again. And then I loved the one that he came up with. <laughs> well, that's great. That's 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 really nice that you have the connection, so you can yeah yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you can maybe start off by telling us, you know, how you got so crafty. I mean, is this something that you've, have you been crafting since since birth, or when did this all really begin? Well, you know, I have this weird stigma because when I was in grade school, like about second grade, my teacher would always make me write with my right hand instead of my left hand, and so it always kind of made me feel like I was doing something wrong, and then with my art pictures that I made, they never got chosen to, to be hung up in, in the cafeteria. <laughs> and it just, it, it's weird how stuff like that messes with you because through my whole childhood growing up, I felt like I wasn't good at it, but I loved working with markers and paints and glitter. 
but I just always had this weird thing that, oh, you know, my teacher, I didn't get a very good grade in the class. My stuff never got chosen, you know, to be displayed. And it wasn't until I met my husband. We were working at the traffic court, and that's where we met. And we would, like, take all the markers and make posters and signs and little themes and just all kinds (laughs) of goofy stuff like that. And after we both quit and he started the band, I became his manager, and I used to go out and dance while the band was playing, and and later, after we got married, I realized why he did this, but at the time, you should, you know, instead of dancing, you should, like, make stuff to sell. (laughs) So I started making these beaded bracelets and and all kinds of jewelry related to reggae stuff, and, you know, I sometimes more than the band would make and then they were like we should take a cut off of your sales and I was like no way and then after we got married Patrick told me he goes I just got jealous seeing you out dancing he goes I just came up with that but he's an artist too so when we got married we we decided we wanted to live a life of doing art and music and we thought, okay, by any means necessary. And it just so happened one time we took our artwork, we were making this Latino-themed stuff, like home flower pots and things like that, and we were going store to store trying to pay our electric bill, and this one store owner happened to be a sales rep, and she sent our stuff to her business partner, and in a short amount of time, we had like 300 accounts. Oh, wow. Wow from all across the country. And, you know, it took the love out of it because I think it was their Santa Fe perfume ordered like 10,000 hand-painted flower pots. And (laughs) it got crazy. We dropped the reps. I got a job at the newspaper in the parachute room. I worked my way up, and they eventually needed a craft columnist. And I was a little snobby thinking like, oh, I don't do crafts. I do artwork. And I Googled hip crafts. Because like Patrick was like, don't, you know, don't tell them no, you know, just think about it. I Googled hip craft and get crafty came up, you know, the website. Right. com, And I met all of these fabulous women who were thinking the same thing as me of what they wanted as far as things to make. And I went into work the next day and I go, yes, I will do the craft column. And I launched Crafty Chica, you know, just as a way to compliment the, the column that I did. And it all kind of took off from there. So I make stuff to sell, and then I use the Crafty Chica side as a way to teach people to get inspired and other ideas of things to make. So how long ago did you were you approached by um, the editors at the, at the Arizona Republic about doing the craft column? Um, it was in December of 1999. Okay, so you've been yeah. doing this for a while now. Yeah, yeah, and... and I launched um, the Crafty Chica website in 2000, in May of 2000. And you've been, you haven't looked back. It looks like you're on a roll now. It has been growing and growing, and I mean, it just hit at the right time at the beginning of this whole new revolution of, you know, where crafts are cool again. It was like an underground movement, and it was just so fun to hook up with all of these other people who were very anti-corporate and, you know, instead of going and buying this tube of $10 of embossed tin, you know, I'd, use, I'd show how to, you know, cut up a disposable cookie sheet and use the inside of it. It's the same exact thing and it's under a dollar. <laughs> you know, just kind of that 
think that adds to it to where you don't have to go and buy all these expensive things. Here's the alternative, easier version that you probably have in your house already. And so do you, how much time do you spend a week crafting to come up with all these ideas? Oh, my gosh. Well, now that it's part of my job at the paper, they give me, you know, about four to five hours a week, and then... I spend all day Sunday, every Sunday, probably a good eight to ten hours filling art orders, making new things either for my house or for gifts or working on book projects or, you know, working on my craft comps. So I'd say a good ten to fourteen hours a week. And so do you get to craft right in the newsroom? You know, or do they let you do that? If I wanted to, I do have a little crafty station set up there, but... You know, the people who I sit around, it's, they're really nice, but they're, they're, I don't, it's not like a super creative <laughs> environment for craft. <laughs> I do it at home. They let me do it at home. But I have a glue gun there. I have markers and glitter <laughs> and needle and thread because you never know when someone needs that. And right, right. For a photo shoot, they're like, oh, my God, Kathy, you know, or sometimes they'll break a product, like one of the models for our, our fashion section, and so I'll, like, hot glue the beads on for them. <laughs> so <laughs> I have a, a little crafty station set up at work. <laughs> well, I know what you mean about the newsroom. It's not really a, a craft. I work in a newsroom myself, and it's not exactly oh. a haven for um, craft, <laughs> you know. <laughs> well, it's most, I sit around mostly all men. And, I mean, there's the arts writer and the movie reviewer and the music writer, and they are so not into crafts. (laughs) You know, they're very much into, like, sports and, you know, Lord of the Rings and just all that kind of stuff. So, you know, I feel more comfy at home. I watch movies or listen to music or podcasts, and I can make it at home. Well, it sounds like you have just an absolutely fabulous job. And are you 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 full-time at the paper or are you part-time? I used to be full-time. This summer I went to part-time. And I do love it because my two passions are movies and crafts. So for my movie part of my job, I have a celebrity column where I interview a different movie star every week about a new movie that they have coming out. And I'm such a geek when it comes to celebrities and gossip, and I just love to ask them weird questions. Like Jake Gyllenhaal, I had like a couple minutes left of my interview, and who's going to hang up early with the Jake Gyllenhaal? Right, right. So I'm like, okay, what do you have in your pocket right now? And he goes, oh, let me see. And he reached in and he goes, I have your phone number. And I just about fell over. (laughs) (laughs) That was like one of the highlights. So, yeah, I love my day job. And I work three days a week, um, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. And then you do your your crafting. It fills up, it sounds like, a lot of your, the rest of your time. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I do that, you know, like usually on Mondays or Tuesdays. I'll work on my craft column. And then I have movie screenings sprinkled all throughout the week. So it's, it varies a lot, but usually it's, it's about 24 hours a week. Well, that's excellent. And how long, yeah, have you, I love it. how long have you been syndicated for your craft column? Um, you know, since 2000. It's, it's amazing. It just um, As soon as I started doing it, I got feedback from the Gannett Wire Service editor and they were like, we don't know what you're doing, but people love this column, and if we don't move it on the wire by Monday morning, we have editors calling us asking for it. So ever since 2000, it's been running every week. It goes out to 100 papers, and it runs in about 50 every week. That's so cool. Yeah, it makes me feel good that people are into crafting. 
Yeah, it is nice to see that because I've been doing this since, you know, I was a little kid and it wasn't cool. You know, I had big glasses at the time and, you know, it was just, I mean, this dorky little kid doing crafts and now it's, it's totally, I mean, all the rage. I mean, the hippest ladies and even a lot of guys are getting into it. Yeah, they are. And you know what I love, what, what I was worried about with the column is that, you know, there's different types of crafters. There's like the Martha Stewart type of crafters that are very like minimalist and stylist and sleek. And I'm more into like, I really love bright colors. I love collage. I love using retro images. And I always try to put in my column, you know, if you don't like this style, just alter it to fit your style. Because <laughs> I know like brown and blue is really popular right now and pink and brown is really popular. I just don't click with those colors. Every time I try to use them, I have to, like, put a layer of glitter varnish on them. <laughs> <laughs> I can't help myself. Sometimes, literally, my husband will have to come over and say, stop, just walk away from it. <laughs> <laughs> well, and then, I think that's one of the things that's really cool about your approach to crafting is that you recognize that, well, you have this really strong, um, you're, you know, you're promoting kind of your own heritage. So it has a, you really like Latina art and crafts and, but yet your, your, your tips and your columns are so accessible to everybody. And it also gives them the, you know, the options because I think a lot of times people are turned off when they think there's only one way to do something. Right. And yeah. you clearly recognize that there's several different ways to, and, and crafting is such a, a personal thing, really. I mean, it's an expression, and you recognize that. So that's really great to see. And um, oh, I have, I'm curious. Before we forget, um, I think you're when you mentioned what Jake Gyllenhaal has in his pocket. I am curious about whether or not you carry projects in like a bag. Do you have a craft bag that you know travels around with you, or? You know, I always have stuff on me that I have made to hand out to people. Whether if it's magnets, I just feel, you know, how everyone, like us girls, we always have to have lipstick or right. I always have to have, like, a stack of magnets or it, during the holidays, it was ornaments. I have a little crafty chica tote bag and I carried ornament, glass ornaments. My <laughs> <laughs> and every time I come across someone who is really cool or really nice or look like they needed to be cheered up, I would give them an ornament. <laughs> Of course, they thought I was weird, but I just love that feeling of, you know, spreading the craft or just, you know, of having someone get a special gift like that. So I just always have stuff, completed stuff on me that I give out. Oh, that's really cool. Now, have you have you ever broken, like, did you break any of your ornaments? Because uh, traveling around with glass in a bag oh, is gosh. kind of... I break stuff all the time. I've had, it's in, during the early days, you know, you have to test out different types of varnishes and glazes. I literally had stuff melt together because it's so hot here in Arizona. <laughs> and I'd be like, hey, doll, I know what you need. <laughs> pull it out, and it's like a big clunk of gross plastic stuff together. <laughs> and I'm like, never mind. <laughs> Go on with your day. <laughs> so I, I have had all kinds of things like that happen either where they break or they get stuck together or they fall off. <laughs> so I try to test them out good first. Now, do you ever find yourself asking celebrities if they do crafts? I mean, because I, 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 yeah, so is that one of your standard questions? It is. It is all the time. And, and I love to hear what they're into. Like Kate Hudson, she is into scrapbooking. 
And then we got on this conversation about glitter. And you can tell when someone is seriously into glitter when they start naming off the different varieties of it. <laughs> because, you know, only hardcore crafters know, you know, all the different varieties of glitter. It's like, you know, the botanical garden, you know, we know all the different varieties. And so it was really into glitter. And then I thought, oh, my God, I'm eating up all my interview time talking about glitter. And I'm like, what the heck? It's Kate Hudson, you know. So I, I have, I always, you know, love to ask about that. And, you know, if a lot of celebrities knit, uh, you know, like Felicity Huffman. I recently talked to her, and she knits a scarf on the set. Her husband, um, William H. Macy, he does wood turning. I think he calls it turning, wood turning. Like yeah, wood turning, like the bowls. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I do love to ask about that all the time. Yeah, I find that anytime I meet someone, whether it's the grocery store line, and I've only known them for two seconds, or uh-huh. a new hire at work, I would like, yeah, welcome. So, do you or your spouse do any crafts? <laughs> I do that too. I'll see people wearing something in the line. I get the grocery store, and I'm like, I wonder if she sewed those eaves on her and my sister's like, no, she probably bought it. I'm like, you never know. <laughs> well, I think there's never, n- never anything wrong with asking. I mean, because it's not a very, it's not an intrusive question. And then you might never know. You might find a kindred spirit at the grocery store, which is oh, always exactly a, really and, cool. You know, an example of that of the whole sisterhood of it was I was recently at the National Craft and Hobby Show in Las Vegas, and at my hotel. Whenever I go in the elevator, I, it's like we could smell each other. <laughs> we there's one piece of bling on them from their name badge to, you know, something that they were carrying that you knew that they were there for the conference. Right. And I met so many great people like that, just being able to feel them out, like, ooh, you're there at the conference. Well, and I think all of us who make things, you, we, I mean, I bring stuff to work and I don't, I, I sit by people who most of them are not into crafts. But uh-huh. when I came back from maternity leave, I had a whole bag full of everything I had oh, done no. while I was gone. And I was just, and I realized, you know, I crave that. It's like we, we do make things and we want people to see. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Yeah, I'm like that. I have a big, shrine on my desk at work. It's the Chihuahua shrine of all these different Chihuahua things. And then there's a big glittered cactus, a plastic cactus garden that I covered in glitter. And some people, they just come by just to look at it or to poke at it and reflect on their life. <laughs> I'm like, go right ahead. <laughs> if you want to make one, sit down. I'll give you the stuff. <laughs> so what is your favorite medium to work with? I love making assemblage collages. I love making love shrines. And somehow I always go back to making love shrines. I love using the the racy Mexican comics that they sell at the little um the Mexican meat market. Okay. <laughs> it's like literally a meat market. And it's like yeah. Sexy comics. They're in a little black box. They're so embarrassing to ask for. <laughs> They're unmarked. And some of them are very, very like Triple X, and I'm not going to stand there and like look through each one while there's a line behind me. So I'm like, okay, I'll take all of them. <laughs> I've had to like hide them from the kids, and, and I'll like cut them off from the TTs and put glitter on to cover up the bad parts. Uh. They have so much passion in them, and I love the colors and the illustrations. So I use those to make love shrines, and I make them inside of 
cigar boxes or little wood, any kind of, you know, type of box that I find, I'll use it to, you know, to make a love shrine in. And then I have them up all over the house. (laughs) (laughs) With glitter covering the parts you don't want your children to see. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and what, what would you say is the wildest project? That sounds pretty wild, but I don't know if you have like a wilder, the, the wildest project that you've ever done, is, you know, as far as like crafting um, insanity here. Okay, I think definitely this one love shrine that I made. This is uh, okay. This is rated PG thirteen for your listeners. Yeah. <laughs> but it's this in the picture of this comic. The lady was like, I don't know, double F. And she was getting ready to put one of her cheekies, like, in the face of this guy. And I thought, oh, you know, I put glitter around it and sequins, like, totally drawing attention to it. And I was getting ready to do a television segment, and I was it was for Valentine's Day. And Patrick's like, whoa, woman, stop. You <laughs> cannot show this on morning television. And I go, what? He goes, look at her. She's putting her, her boob in his neck. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, my God. I go, you're right, you're right. So I, like, real quick ran over and found a better kissy, like a nice, simple kissy. And then I put some foam core on the back, and then I just gently placed over that picture. That is crafty insanity right there. That was like totally rated X. I don't know why I used that picture. It just, it just was, I don't know, it was colorful and just looked so passionate. And I, I didn't really closely pay attention to what the action was that they were doing. They're just the expressions on their faces were like, oh, just mad love. But no, it was not for morning Thank God Patrick stopped me before I took that on television. <laughs> yeah, that might have been the end of your uh, craft segments, yes, you know. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> well, that was a pretty wild project. I, I wasn't yes. sure what to expect here. Um, well, I'm, I'm curious, too, about where where you come up with all your ideas. Is it just through, like, experimentation? Like, you go in your studio and just kind of try things out? Or I'm curious about your inspiration and where you're getting these ideas. What I do is I look at what cool new products are out there to use. Like just this week I, I bought some um, laser tran for fabric. And this, these are like these decal sheets that you print off and soak them in water. Well, now they make them for fabric. And then I look and see what is what people are making or what mostly what people are wearing, like in the fashion magazines, you know, or, or what the big things are. And then I look, try to think of what hasn't been done, you know, and I kind of combine all of that together. Like with the laser transit, you know, I'm thinking of doing something on the back of a jeans jacket, you know, with some fashion magazines and just, I don't know, I, I'm still playing around with the idea, but I just use different elements. Sometimes it just comes to me and... I'll think, oh, you know, I know exactly what I'm going to do, and I'll get up in the middle of the night and do it. Other times I really have to think, like, what hasn't been done? I've done too many paper arts because it's hard doing a weekly column. You have to think it it has to rotate between, you know, sewing, paper, Mm -hmm. uh, knitting, all of that, and then the themes have to be different. So, you know, so people don't say, oh, she does the same thing every week. You know, it, I have to keep it different. So sometimes that can be a challenge and just narrowing it down. But I do have, like, literally a notebook with all these different ideas and scraps of paper. and So I just kind of 
see what my mood is for that week, and then I come up with something. Now, do you ever come down to the wire with your craft column due? I mean, are you weeks oh, ahead? Yes, every week. <laughs> I mean, there are some weeks when I just, it sucks, you know, and something doesn't work. I remember trying to do a mosaic on the outside of this bowl, and, you know, it just didn't work, and I mysteriously got a toothache. <laughs> so I, like, called in, you know, oh, I have a toothache. I have to skip my craft segment today, you know, for TV. Um, I, I've had, like, all kinds of mishaps, you know, here and there. I've been doing it for five years every week. So every so often there has been a few times when I just thought, you know what, I'm just tapped out right now. That's usually when I'll I'll do a book review. You know, like I'll I'll look through the cool craft books that have come out because I'd like to support other artists who are trying to have a crafty career as well. So I just use that as an opportunity to showcase them. So I'll do like a book review or if there's a local artist in town, you know, I'll review one of their items and just kind of, you know, spread it out so it, it, it has good variety. So you, it sounds like you're able to pull something out in a pinch, though, most times. Yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. 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 I have, I, I've had, you know, I had one fabulous project of this, this chocolate tree. I had the newscaster on the break come and take a bite out of it, and right before my segment, and he, of course, he's not working there anymore. He got fired for something else. So even down to seconds before, I've had to make do. So he so, he he took he took a bite uninvited. Took a bite out of the yeah, project. It was it was a rice crispy cake that I had covered with chocolate. Oh my and goodness! I, I covered it with um, the little Andes mints so, so that it looked like a Christmas. Tree. Oh yeah. So I had my completed one, and then I had my demo one. And when I wasn't looking, on the break, he came over, and he thought I was bringing it in for the staff to eat as a treat. Uh. Bent down and, like, bit the top of the thing off, and I turned around, and I was like, no! <laughs> so it, it was pretty, that was a crafty moment, a shiny crafty moment, because really quick, I just, like, smashed it together to try to make it look like a tree. I, like, slapped chocolate on it, you know? So, no, was that live? Do you do that live? Your craft segment? Yes, oh my goodness! Live. Yeah. Oh wow, that's yeah. that's really hard. Yeah, most of the time it goes good. I've only had two instances where things have gone bad, but it's you know people just laugh about it. So it's yeah, and you actually can win money for that kind of stuff too. If the segment goes really bad, just ask for the tape. Yeah. You know exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so, what kind of role would you say crafting plays in your life? Um, you know, it, it is a reminder to me that I can choose to live the kind of life I want to live because so many times I hear people say, oh, I wish I could do this or someday I want to do this and if I didn't have to do this, I would be doing this. Well, I don't like to, to just settle like that. I, I like to choose to do what I want to do, which is make a living off of being creative so, you know, to me, craft represents freedom. You know, I can have fun and live the life that I want to live. And, you know, it, it does mean sacrificing some other things. But for the most part, I love what I do. And it, it's no magic thing that just fell out of the sky. I mean, I literally had to work every angle, like, 
Paris Hilton on the red carpet. You know, <laughs> I had to work every angle possible from books to the column to the website to podcasting to handing out ornaments to strangers. <laughs> you know, every angle possible to, to make it thrive and to make it grow. And, and so I always tell people, you know, when you say you want to do something, don't cheat yourself out of the opportunity. You know, just start doing it a little bit each day or at least every week because you'll be surprised how much comes out of it once you start putting the effort into it. So do you find that it also has some therapeutic um, you know, effects on you, you know, if you've oh, had a bad day? that yeah, yeah, definitely. And those usually come out to be my best projects, the ones that are not for the craft column or not for art orders, but just ones that I sit down just to make because I feel like making something different. I love that. It, it just makes me feel like I'm leaving my mark on the world. And I save those kinds of projects, and those are the ones down the road I end up donating to um, different organizations for silent auctions or or, you know, art donations or things like that. And then making the craft column, I put a lot of heart and soul into that, too, because I think of how many people are going to see it, and I want them to look at it and gasp and say, oh, I want to make this this weekend. Right, right. So, yeah, I, it is very therapeutic on a lot of different levels. Well, and it sounds like going back to something you said earlier, you were talking about how uh, when you and your husband first got started selling your, your art, um, it got to be a little overwhelming when you got, you know, you had a rep for a while and had to you had to scale it back. What advice do you have for people that are thinking, geez, I really want to do this, and they feel inspired by you because you're saying, hey, just go do it. Don't talk about doing it and cheat yourself out of that. But it sounds like at the same time people also need to be kind of aware of not doing this to the point where it's not fun anymore. And exactly. So what advice do you have about striking that balance? Well, the first thing is you need to think about the worst-case scenario and the best-case scenario and where you fall into that. A lot of people think that the best thing is to just get a whole gob of orders, but by doing that, you're stuck making the same things over and over again. You have little time to create new things. You're, you're dealing with the invoices and order forms and you know, everything, customers paying and their checks bouncing and just all kinds of things. So you really have to look at the big picture things, have a business plan, um, come up with a mission statement. That sounds kind of corny, but it really helps just to define who you are and what you want to do because you, you have to know what where you fit in and you have to find something different about you. Like look at what's out there and what has not been done and, and combined with your style and then make that your trademark and, you know, keep that mission statement or just a sentence or a little tagline, whatever you call it. I work at the newspaper, so, you know, I'm into words a lot. Mm -hmm. And you can, like, stencil that on the wall or, or make a business card or just something to remind you to stay positive and focused and, you know, really do your homework when it comes to taking on a sales rep, I've met a lot of people who right away they they have maybe designed things, a few things, and they they think they're ready for a sales rep. No, first you have to make sure that the supplies you're using they're readily available, that you can get them in bulk, 
calculate the shipping charges, the weight of all of them, how much time it takes you to make the things, how much the sales reps will charge. Do they send you a check or do you have to pay them every month? You need to pay attention to these things because, if you know, I we just went into it blindly. When they signed us on, we didn't even know what a trade show was. <laughs> made all these samples, about 40 different samples, and then all of a sudden we got orders for like 24 of this and 30 of that, and we were like, oh my God, we bought the supplies on clearance. <laughs> we have money at the time. And it, it just got really out of hand, so it's good to maybe start with a, a really small line of things you know that you can make fast and easy and the supplies are readily available and then gradually grow it out from there because sales reps are wonderful, but sometimes they're so wonderful that it can get out of control. And, you know, then there's the other level, like what we're doing now, where we just deal with wholesale accounts of different stores around the country that they place wholesale orders with us, and that is much easier because instead of 300 accounts, we have like 50 accounts. And that's a lot easier to manage throughout the year. And they usually like it when, you know, I, I can say, oh, you know what, I'm not making those anymore. I got kind of burnt out, but this is the new thing I'm making. Okay, yeah, send it on along, you know, mostly mom and pop type stuff. Right, right. So I love that. And, and you know, you just have to look into this, too, of, of what you want to do. Well, it seems like you have a more intimate relationship then, too, with the people you're doing business with. It's not this impersonal right, relationship. Right, yeah. I like that a lot. I like that. Um, before we move on to talk about your book, I want to one last thing. Um, there's obviously the in the craft world. There's those folks, and you touched on this a little bit, that have an idea of what crafts are, and then there's those folks who who, who think that art and craft are two completely separate things. And you are interesting in the sense that you're you're really blending both. You're writing a craft column, but I I. I I mean, I really get the feeling that you and your husband think of yourselves as artists when you're doing your your work in your own home studio. So what do you have to say about just that whole art versus craft? What What is art and what is craft, in your opinion? Well, to me, I think of art as, I mean, really they're both kind of the same. They go hand in hand. But when I think of our artwork from our website, I think of it as exclusive um, one-of-a-kind things that I'm presenting out to sell. For crafts, I, I don't know, I, for crafts I think of, um, you know, things you do for pleasure and self-expression at home, smaller embellishing type things. I don't know, I, it's just so blurred. And I don't know why I do that myself of saying, oh, this is our artwork and this is the craft because a lot of people look at the craft and they say, this is art. You can sell this as art. And a lot of people see our art and they go, oh, these are lovely crafts. <laughs> so, you know, it's goofy. It's like the whole um, Hispanic Latino thing. It's like, come on, we know what you mean, you know. So, so it sounds like it's kind of, it's kind of in the eye of the beholder. Yeah, it is. It's nothing to get hung up on at all. I mean, it's it's nothing to get hung up on. It's just just create. That's the bottom line. It's just create it, and you know whatever makes you feel better promoting it and talking about it, then go for that. But it's it's nothing to dwell on. <laughs> They're well, just words. They're just labels. And you're not going to get offended if someone tells you you've made a lovely craft instead of a no, 
oh, amazing I, artwork. Yeah. Yeah, you know, at first, before I started doing the craft column, you know, when people would come by our, our art booth at different places, they'd say, oh, you know, these are such neat crafts. And I'm like, this is our artwork. And then after I started doing the craft column, I was like, you know what, it's all the same. You know, this is art, these are crafts, and vice versa. And so I don't, it doesn't matter to me either way of what people say. I mean, I've done a, a big canvas, and because I glued something on it, people say, oh, that's craft, you know, because you glued something. I'm like, who defined that? Like, who made up that rule? <laughs> so, it's, you know, it gets goofy after a while. So it's just about creating and making things. Yeah, that is the important thing. And of course, you've just yeah. you've just come out with a great handbook for folks that want to get started out there. Um, yeah. The Crafty Chica's Art de la Soul. And can you uh-huh. can you maybe talk about a little bit about kind of what went into this book and how it um, you know it seems like it's the culmination of years of your experience and experimentation of coming up with projects, trying things out. Yeah. So what went into this? Well, the inspiration behind it was that. You know, as a Latina, I got kind of frustrated that there wasn't a lot of cool things out there on the market. Like, I would always find, um, you know, beautiful scrapbook papers with French writing on them or, you know, Italian or Celtic things. I thought, why don't they have any Hispanic stuff? And when they, when I did find it, it was um, one package of stickers that had maracas, a margarita glass and like little Aztec temples, <laughs> or there were Frida Kahlo rubber stamps. And you know, I thought there's more, so much more to our culture than than these things. And and oh, let me tell you, I was even at the trade show. One of the the booths there, I, I asked, "Do you have anything, you know, for Latino stuff?" And the guy goes, "Oh yes, come here." And it was salsa bottle fabric. <laughs> And I'm like, oh, that just strikes my soul. <laughs> so the whole thing this book was, I, and, and another misconception is that a lot of people think of Latino crafters. They think of, you know, elderly ladies sewing quinceanera dresses or, um, you know, doing uh, only, you know, crosses of needle art and stuff. And that is so not true. I know a lot of women of all different ages that are all American chicas and people who from other cultures who love Latino culture, I just want it to represent, you know, and put some cool projects of how to add a little bit of culture into everything from clothing to collages. So that was my spirit behind it, was just wanting to make it dent and say, hey, look, you know, I we don't use chili peppers for everything. <laughs> or the sombrero guy. <laughs> Well, it's great that you were able to cut through the stereotypes, too, because that is pretty bad if there's only one package of stickers available. You know, I mean, that really is pretty ridiculous. Um, Well, another thing I noticed that I really like about the book is not only are you bringing the world – how many projects do you have in here? There's tons. 30 projects. 30, okay. And you also have personal essays in there as well. So it's fun to – because a lot of craft books don't have a lot about – and I think that's something that I've always missed and been curious about when I, whether it's a knitting book or a you know quilting book, is that I you you, reha- you get through the book and you might think wow there's so many great patterns and, and project ideas but you just still don't know much about the author and with, with your book you put not only a lot of yourself into the projects but also in the the essays and was that your idea or did the publisher ask you to do that or how did that come to pass? 
That was actually my idea because I, you know, in my day job I'm a featured writer, and I also have a blog where I would keep track of all of these kooky stories of, you know, trying to live an artful, crafty life. And when I was putting the book together, I felt like I wanted it to be more than just a craft book, and I wanted it to appeal to people who maybe weren't into crafting but still wanted some inspiration. So I decided to do an essay before each of the chapters, and I just I had so many different stories to choose from, and I didn't want it to want it to be sappy and boring, like oh you know this is the beautiful way that love flows. <laughs> I love those kinds of books, but my life is not like that, <laughs> and so I decided just to go all out and like share some of my most humiliating stories because I know I am not alone and I'm so glad I did it. I was a little bit worried. I thought that it might hurt my, you know, like expertise. Like people would say, How why should we take her advice? You know, when, you know, she got resin stuck in her hair. But <laughs> after the book came out, I had so many people write to me and say, Oh, I love the essays, you know, I can totally relate to that and they're sharing their stories too. So I'm really happy I did that, and I was a little nervous about it, but in, I'm so happy that I, I stuck with my gut feeling and did that, because I, I'm the same as you, you know, I love to know about the author, and so that the book isn't just a book of craft recipes, it's like an experience, it's like a, a lifestyle coffee table book that, you know, there's all different things to get out of it. How long did you work on this project to put this book together? Um, it took me all together about maybe six months and really hardcore working on it about three months. You know, I, as a newspaper writer, um, you're probably familiar with this. We work on such fast turnarounds. Oh, yeah. So, you know, I'm really good with deadlines and getting things done fast. So, you know, they actually gave me oh, about, you know, eight or nine months to finish it. I, they could have given me one month, and I could have finished the whole thing in one month. I'm just that kind of person, you know. I'm very task-oriented. So, you know, I, I think three to six months is how long I worked on it. No, were these, was that including the project development, or were these some uh-huh. projects that you've, these were all new projects, nothing that you've done in yes. the past? Oh, wow. Um, a few of them were ones that I had done before, like the T-shirt quilt I had had before, but I put so much work into that that I I really felt like I wanted to share it in this book that I knew would go far and wide because I was just really happy with how the quilt came out. It's beautiful. And, oh, thank you. And it's very kamikaze style of sewing mm-hmm. because a lot of people are intimidated by sewing machines. And I made the facing of that quilt in one night on buzzing on espresso <laughs> for my husband to get home from his gig. So, you know, it, it was just straight on easy sewing. And so they're, they're pretty much, you know, when I did the book proposal, I had to, you know, put ideas out there. And then once the book started evolving, I would switch out some of the projects. I see, as you've tried stuff out to see what right. was best. Yeah, like I, you know, I had some ideas and I did them and I was like, oh, I don't really like how this turned out. So I would think of something else. And what is your favorite, do you have an absolute favorite project in this book? Um, I think my favorite project is the collage table. 
It's, I took um, a silverware tray and put it inside of a serving tray, and then all the little compartments of the silverware tray, I used it to hold different types of little knickknacks, like a little mini Spanish dictionary to, you know, pictures and just little things like that, flowers. And then I attached it to a table and then put a piece of glass over it. Yeah, so I did see a, that. And I was trying to figure out, I'm thinking, geez, what, like, how would one come up with this? Like, how did you come up with that idea? Um, well, actually, a friend of mine in my writing group, he did a similar project, but he used, it was like a little bit different, and he used um, items from his Catholic upbringing. And it, his was more like a, a statement, you know, on his childhood. And I saw that and I go, oh, my God, that would be so cool, you know, connected to a TV tray and where it's functional. And so it just kind of evolved from there. And you even found a way to uh, kind of retrofit a, a CD case, too, I see in oh, here. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Turn it into a little case to hold a book, a little scrapbook. And that's the beauty of crafting is that you can use anything. I mean, you could pick up a disposable water bottle and put glass paint or, you know, like cut it and make, I don't know, it makes, I've seen people, I think Sister Diane did this. She got um, some, or I don't know who did it, but you get the bottom of the disposable water bottles and you can make little light holders out of them. Oh, oh yeah, the luminaries. Yeah, I yeah. Just, you can do stuff with anything. And and thinking of the artists in Mexico, they recycle everything. They are bad. I mean, you look at the stuff they're doing and you just get depressed. Like, why didn't I think of that? So, you know, I felt like that fit with the spirit of it also, is that, you know, in Mexico they don't have a Michaels around or they can go buy supplies, so they use what they have on hand. And usually that's like bottle caps or, you know, the um, cans from juice or just different labels, all different things like that. I know. I, I love Chapter 2. I um, Well, I mean, there's tons of projects. I'm going to be – this is one of those distractions now that I have in my house. <laughs> Anytime I come across oh, it. So yeah, it's great. And I've actually ordered some um, some slides, some blank slides, so I could make oh, the, the uh, photo charms. And um, is that something, have you been making those for a while? or? Uh, well, I, I first started making them with the foil tape around okay. the outside edges. Yeah. And then I graduated on to, you know, soldering them. Like, that's a real popular thing that people are doing now. But the cool thing is to try to find some old vintage photos from your family. And I, everybody has them. You just have to ask the right people in your family to <laughs> borrow them so you can color copy them. And these were all black and white, and I, I colored, you know, I made copies, and then I colored them with some ink pens. And, oh, they just came out so cool. And, and it's, you know, you see a lot of vintage um, soldered art like that, but what makes it different is if you can find your own vintage pictures, like ask your grandparents or your mom or your aunts and your uncles. Somebody somewhere has some old pictures of your family, and I just think that is such a cool thing to do is to put that on a bracelet and wear it. And, and you know, it has a story behind it. Oh, sure. It's, yeah, it's not something you bought at a store. I mean, it's it's your own family on your wrist. Yes. And, uh-huh. So you're especially proud when people ask you, oh, did you make that? You're like, yes, I did, and that's my my yeah. grandma on this. <laughs> you know, 
what I find with my family is you find these pictures. If somebody somewhere knows a story about them, like, oh, that's right before they went to the dance, and, oh, that they, they got in a fight that night, or, yeah. you know, <laughs> so when you're wearing it, you could say, she was drunk in this picture, or she was mad, or she, this was the night, you know, my dad proposed to her, or, you know, there's just so many fun things that come with it. And were you intimidated the first time you graduated to soldering? Because you said before you used to use the tape. So um, do you have yes. words of wisdom for the, the crafters at home? That um, Well, what I do is I use a chopstick to hold it down. And I know there's fancy tools out there that you can use, and maybe there's something I haven't thought of. But I just took a hunk of clay, and I, I used that to hold my glass. And then I used the chopstick, you know, if I was working in a tricky corner because you don't want to actually hold the glass slide while you're soldering it because it will get hot and burn your hand and you'll scream and the glass will go flying across the room. So I use a chopstick to hold it down or I'll use a hunk of clay to, you know, to just kind of hold it in place while I use the soldering iron on it. So there's a few little tips. And it sounds like you you found that it was, was it easier than you thought? You know, it was. It took a little bit to get a hang of at first. And that's why I always tell people, you know, don't use your best pictures or items for the first one because you you need to get the hang of it. So you have like a little warm-up session first. <laughs> and then, pardon the pun, <laughs> and then you move on. You know, once you feel confident like you got it down, then you move on to the actual project. And the thing that's fun with making those types of charms is that you can just make so many of them that, you know, you can put a few on for your bracelet and then make necklaces for, you know, the leftover ones. So there's just a lot of things. I, I love craft projects where you can make a lot of a little bit of things. And for Christmas time, I mean, that's probably great. I, mean, I know it's a little bit, a little soon to be thinking about that, but for all the procrastinators out there, um, it might not be a bad idea to get started now. Is that I'm one of your sorry, tri- that's for my chihuahuas. How many chihuahuas do you have? I have three chihuahuas. Oh, my goodness. They're very artful, too. Yeah. I want to say real quick that um, right now at Target in their dollar spot section, they have the little bottle caps for for a dollar. They come with the magnet already on them. Oh. And those are great for those of us who like to buy things and then refurnish them our way. Because you can glue whatever picture you want over them, and the magnet's there. It's a perfect bottle cap. You know, the magnets in there, and, and all you have to do is glue whatever picture you want on the top, and then you can, you know, sell them or hand them out, whatever you want to do. That's just a little insider tip. Yeah, and that's that's really cheap, too. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, very good. Well, thank you for sharing that. Um, well, is there anything else you'd like to say about your book? I want to um, cover some of the other things you have going. I have some other things on my list here to talk to you about. But um, as far as your book goes, is there anything else you want readers to know um, you know, when they pick it up, I mean, what overall, what are you hoping people get out of it? Um, well, I want people, you know, to, to look at it, even if they're not Latino, don't let that hold you back because it's for everybody. It's, you know, whether if you're into that kind of, of art, you can enjoy it or you can put a twist on it and use it for your own culture. I love telling people to explore their own culture, whether if they're from English or from England or if they have a little bit of Irish blood in them, make the most of that. That's part of who you are. So you can look at the projects and put your own twist on it. 
And also, in general, I just want to encourage people to buy craft books because the more we buy them, the more books that will come out for us. And who knows, you know, there are more craft authors to be seen. It's such a big market right now. If you're really, really into this, you know, there is a place for you to do something like this. And, you know, just supporting the industry and, you know, buying craft books and letting people know about them in general is, is like what I really want to stress. So it can last a long, long time. Yeah, it would be great to keep the whole craft uh, phenomenon going for a while because right. I've been into it since I was little and I, you know, I'll be into it until, well, until I kick off, I know. Um, but it's finally getting respect. That's what I love is it's finally getting its due. So I'm real happy about that. Well, and I know you're definitely doing your part to keep that going. And you're even, um, I saw on your website that you are going to be hosting a cruise. Yes. Now, what can you tell me about this? Now, this is this is something new for you, I take it. Yeah, it is. Well, as crafting cruises have been really popular over the past couple of years. There are knitting cruises, beading cruises, even quilting cruises where people bring their sewing machines on board. <laughs> And what I'm doing is the Crafty Chica Creativity Cruise, and it's all themed around funky Latin crafts. So the first day, we go to the Museum of Latin American Art, and we have brunch. We get on the boat. We um, see the movie Frida. And then, because part of the chapter in the book is called um, Crafty Chica Cinema, and so we craft while we watch the movie Frida. And then um, the next day we go to Ensenada, Mexico, and we go shopping for things that we're going to use in craft projects on Sunday. So all day Sunday we're doing all these workshops of, um, you know, collage art and jewelry making and beading and artist trading cards. And then there's a cocktail party, and then every night until midnight or, or 1 in the morning we have crafting sessions in the main hall so it's not only a cruise, it's also crafting and going to Ensenada, Mexico and soaking up some of the culture over there and then applying it to our art project. So have you ever been on one of these crafty cruises before? I've been on cruises, but I haven't been on a craft cruise. But I have talked to a lot of different people who have done them, and I researched to see what all of their favorite things were. And... That's why I am so excited about this. And we already have people signing up. You know, like the spaces are filling up pretty fast. So I'm really happy about that. Well, that's great. That's fabulous. So is this something that you came up with? Like thought, hey, you know, I'd like to do one of those. Or did someone approach you? Or how does that work? They contacted me. They contacted me and asked if I would be interested and at first I was like, what? But then I researched it. I never rule anything out. I always like to research things. And, you know, I did my homework on it, and I found out that it's, you know, a really popular thing. There's even um, fashion show cruises. Like here in Phoenix, there's a cruise, people putting together a cruise where some of the local bands are playing, and some of the local fashion designers are having a, a fashion show on a cruise. So I knew it was something new, emerging, and popular, and it just sounded like so much fun that I told them I would love to do it as long as I could put together the itinerary myself of what I wanted, and they were very accommodating. Well, that's really cool. Well, I think, and we'll have to see how that goes, and maybe you'll be uh, cruising every year. Yeah, I hope so. (laughs) Now, I understand that you're also working on a novel. 
Yes, I am. Um, I have a novel. It's themed around, believe it or not, a love shrine. (laughs) (laughs) And um, I have, I actually finished it. And right now I'm working on some revisions. I met with my agent and, you know, he gave me some areas to polish up and that's what I'm doing right now in my free time during the middle of the night <laughs> is working on that. So, and we do have like several publishing houses that are interested, which puts so much pressure on me. That's what makes it hard to work on. I need to just set that all aside and, you know, really get into the groove of this fictional world to make it the best that it can be. And it's a lot trickier than, than all of the crafty stuff that I do. And I, the way I describe it is that when I'm crafting or working on the things that I sell in my store, I have all my craft supplies right in front of me. I can look and choose my colors, but when I'm writing fiction, it's like they're all invisible and they're in in my imagination and they come, you know what I mean? Right, right. It's so hard. But I love the talent of it and it's just a totally different path for me and I'm very excited about it. So I, I have a feeling that's going to be my next venture is going into fiction writing. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Well, do you yeah. sleep much? I mean, because it seems like you have a lot going on. Yeah. Uh, do, you, do, you know, do you find that you're going from one project to the next, or do you have de- designated, like, okay, it's craft time right now, and then another day you're working on your novel, or every day are you doing something um, with all these things? My novel, I work on from 10 at night until about 2 in the morning, about three to four nights a week. Because that's the only time when it's quiet and there's no interruptions because everybody's in bed. Mm-hmm. So that, I just, I don't even try to work on it when all the family's here. I'm sorry, my chihuahuas are still barking. <laughs> no, that's fine. Well, I'm curious about, before I let you go, I'd like to know what's next. What will the, what can we expect next from the Crafty Chica? Um, well, God willing, the next thing will be the novel to sell. And that's, you know, lighting all the glittery prayer candles that I have. I have, um, oh, you know what, this week I just secured a 12-month TV show development deal for a national Crafty Chica television show. So I'm going to be Oh, congratulations. Oh, thank you. I'm so, so, so thrilled about that. I have a lot of great ideas and incorporating, you know, all of my other things that I love to do with that. And, And then another craft book that I'm working on, too. So there's a lot coming up. So where can people see your, your TV show? What, um, what network is that going to be on? It's a development deal, so that means that we put together a pilot, and then the production company pitches it to the various cable networks. I see. Okay. So we just have to all cross our fingers for you and light our glittery oh, candles. Thank you. Um. <laughs> thank you so much. I but the main thing now is selling the book, you know, like getting people to buy my book and because that's that's the whole thing, you know, of hoping that it does good and that people like it and people buy it. Well, it sounds like you've become pretty skilled at marketing. Like you've ha- had to be able to market your own work and market your book and, and all these things that you're doing. And do you, so do you feel it? Does that come naturally for you or do you have to kind of force yourself to? No, you know, it, it does come naturally. I've always been one of those people who love to talk about things and get people excited. 
I love coming up with different ideas and especially meeting people. So that's why I'm all over places like MySpace and Flickr and the website and different types of message groups. That's just a guilty pleasure of mine. So <laughs> that part has always come easy for me. And that's one thing that I think a lot of authors and, and artists and business people need to do more of is, you know, take a hold of all of the opportunities that are available online. Has that really changed your art? I mean, as far as making it more accessible to more people, the oh, Internet? I feel like I owe everything to the Internet because none of this wouldn't, would have happened if it hadn't have been for my website. That's where all of my book editors found me. You know, that's where all of our customers and clients and press people and magazines, that's where they all found me was through the website. Well, congratulations to you and best wishes and everything you're, you've got going because it's, you know, we'll be excited to see what happens next and I can't wait to see the show. So good luck with that. Posted on it. Yeah, definitely do that. Well, thank you so much for spending all this time with me. I appreciate it. It's so fun to talk to you. You have a great, have a great night and I will, uh, I'll be in touch. Okay. Okay. Thanks. Thanks. Bye. Thanks, Kathy, for being on the show and sharing the story of how you crafted success. Congrats, Chica. Kathy's new book is in stores now, so check it out. It contains a little bit of everything from jewelry projects, love shrines and quilts, to recipes for body polish and white chocolate sugar skulls. Personal essays documenting Kathy's craft adventures are sprinkled throughout the book for added entertainment, value, and fun. Before I sign off, I'd like to add a special thank you to you, Craft Sanity listeners. It appears there are a growing number of you, which truly amazes me. Thanks for supporting my little show. I can't see you, but I appreciate each and every one of you for tuning in. Thanks for your support and great suggestions. It's nice to have kindred spirits. I'll be back next week with a wonderful interview with Claire Garland, the English author of one of my favorite knitting books, Knitted Babes. Until then, craft on and have a fabulous week. Thanks for listening to the Craft Sanity Podcast with Jennifer Ackerman Haywood. Visit CraftSanity.com for more information about today's guests and links to subscribing to the podcast. Want to support the show? Follow the link to vote for Craft Sanity on Podcast Alley once a month. You can also make a donation or buy goods at the Craft Sanity store. Have a suggestion for a future guest or have other feedback? Email Jennifer at CraftSanity.com. Thanks again for listening to Craft Sanity.